do we equip our families with a biblical worldview? How do we prepare the next generation for life? How do I grow in my walk with the Lord and in my marriage? If you wrestle with these questions, you are in the right place to find answers. Welcome to the Entrusting the Faith podcast. Welcome to the Entrusting the Faith podcast. I'm your host, Eric Rutherford, and today I have the opportunity to interview Matthew Bullington. Matthew is the founder of University Ready. Uh, He's the director of Discipleship Tutorial here in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. He's a teacher, a writer, a conference speaker. Uh, it's, It's a great conversation today. But before we start our interview, this episode is brought to you by my book, Leading Well at Home, How Husbands and Fathers Can Biblically Lead Their Families. So, have you ever thought, I want to be a godly husband or father, but I don't know where to start? Have you ever heard that you need to do something to equip your family, but didn't know how to begin? Well, if so, Leading Well at Home will show you how you can love Jesus Christ, love and serve your wife and children, and take responsibility for discipling your family. You'll be encouraged and given action steps that you can apply so that you're moving forward. You can buy it online through our website at entrustingthefaith.com or leadingwellathome.com or anywhere books are sold online. You can also get a free excerpt on our website. All that information is in the show notes so you can check it out. Now let's jump into today's interview. Matthew, thank you for joining me on the show today. It's a pleasure. Thank you, Eric. Oh, it is my pleasure. And so for those who are not familiar with it, what is University Ready? So University Ready is uh, actually a compilation of resources that are designed to assist families with high school students in the process of helping their teen prepare for a career path. And then what other tools lead towards that career path, whether that's college or trade school uh, or getting into the workforce. And so I have Um, individual modules that talk about study skills, career prep, ACT, SAT, all the way up to how to finance college. And then I work some one-on-one with families as a private, basically private guidance counselor. Excellent. I was, yeah, that was one of those questions. I was kind of curious if this was strictly a college bound path, or if you also helped sort of navigate trades or other ways, could you maybe Elaborate on that a little bit. Absolutely. So the the role I have as an educational consultant, a lot of times people get sold just on college. And I feel like you can't do justice to helping a student prepare for their career path without having all options open because college isn't for everybody. And uh, especially uh, today, there's a, there's a growing demand uh, for the skilled trades as well. And a lot of times people get stuck when they're looking at trying to guide their teen towards uh, a college path. And in that process, sometimes when you, when you boil it down, you realize, you know, this, this isn't really a good fit for that particular student's giftings. And so my, my focus is a, a career centered approach to, um, to college or trade school prep. A lot of people just focus solely on college. Instead for me, I'm like, okay, let's, let's, instead center on what career path makes the most sense for your team and then backtrack from there to see does college make sense does trade school make sense does 
getting out into the workforce and letting them grow up a little bit and then have a clear vision makes sense. Um, and so letting that, that career destination dictate the, the route that really makes the most sense is, is my approach. Okay. Excellent. Cause that was, yeah, I, cause I'm thinking, so, you know, I've got a 15 year old, a 14 year old, a 10 year old. So we just finished freshman year rolling into sophomore year for our oldest and so, you know, as we're looking ahead, we're just asking all these questions. Are there, so if, if somebody has no clue what they want to do, right? They're like, oh my word, I just know I got to get a job in three <laughs> years or I got to do something. Sure. Uh, do you have any kind of like aptitude test, skill test? Do you kind of walk them through that? What's that look like? Sure. So when this, I like to think of high school in a series of phases, and that's what I what I teach my, my clients is there's there's really sort of four phases to high school. Phase one is academics and study skills. Um, don't don't start off high school, you know, signing up for the ACT or the AP exams. You know, first build that academic foundation. But immediately after that, the phase two is career exploration, and the whole idea is I want to work on making a mindset shift where students are focused long-term. And uh, I actually have a career prep challenge that I've built a four week course that I take, you know, that students can take on the, on its own. Or if uh, the students are working with me as a private uh, consulting client, I will guide them through that phase. But yes, there's a, there's sort of a, a, a process that I recommend for anyone. And it's, it's the way my, my course is structured, but it'd also be the recommend, my recommendation for any, anybody. And that is start off with personality or strengths testing. And there are a lot of options out there. I have some that I have paid access to for my clients, but if you, you know, want to do it on your own, you can do Myers-Briggs, you can do a uh, DISC assessment, U-Science, um, Strengths Finder. Uh, there's lots of different tests, but, but, I recommend starting out with some sort of personality testing. And that does a couple of things. One is a lot of times the idea of exploring a career path is intimidating to students. And so we shift from what can be sort of a negative perspective of, okay, I don't know what's what I'm going to do. I have no idea what I'm interested in to what are your skills? What are your strengths? You know, how has God gifted you um, individually? And that mindset shift where we're giving a student verbiage to be able to describe their personality uh, is a good starting place for exploring career options. And then also down the road, uh, one, of the, one of the stages I take students through is I, I when a student gets to the point to where they express an interest in a career field. So if they say, hey, okay, I'm interested in nursing or aerospace, then I say, okay, great. Let's find somebody who's in that industry and take that verbiage that we've developed through personality and strengths testing to that individual and say, here's, here's some you know, adjectives that you can use to describe me. Does this seem to line up with what's involved in the day-to-day business of your job? Or does it sound like something that's in a related industry that you could recommend? So starting out personality testing is always where I recommend there's a lot of different options for that. Um, Myers-Briggs is probably the one I default to just because it's been around for a long while. There's a lot of free resources that are accessible for it and give an easy starting point. But I also have that, again, that career prep challenge that starts with, uh, with that testing and then moves on from there. Now, is there like a certain age to sort of kick that off? You know, is there a certain time during that, that academic path or sure. does it vary? 
It varies. I would say that in the ideal world, that really never happens. But in the ideal situation, um, my recommendation is that when you start high school, you know, that's, you know, ninth grade is, is phase one, and then 10th grade is around phase two. So usually my recommendation is once you, once your student feels like they can handle the academic workload of high school, that's when you start looking at uh, career exploration. So for the average student, that's 10th grade. Um, but I've had some students who, you know, are eighth grade students have been juggling, a, you know, a very competitive academic workload for a year, and they already have an idea of what they want, to, what they think they want to do. And in those cases, I'm like, okay, let's let's go ahead and dive in there. And then I'll have some students who will be a junior or a senior and may have taken the ACT or the, you know, AP or CLEP test, but still have no clue about a career path. And so the the time being, you know, it fluctuates, but my recommendation is basically once you once you feel like they're in a solid place academically to where they can sort of juggle a high school level academic workload, the very next thing after that is career exploration. Okay, that makes sense. So I'm going to take sort of a college track here for a couple of questions, kind of circle back on on a trade question. Uh, so I know with COVID and everything else, like the whole state of the ACT and SAT has sort of, it's just blown up. I, you know, yes. I don't know. I don't even know what's going on. So as you know, if you think of high school students right now, if you can anticipate what to expect in the next few years, what should students be expecting? Sure. So we did see a huge shakeup with the standardized exams. You know, there's a whole category of exams that was used by uh, more uh, selective schools, the SAT2s, the um, SAT subject tests, that disappeared entirely, permanently uh, in 2020. We saw changes to the the essay was dropped from the SAT. We've uh, seen hence at changes in online offerings. And so with all the uncertainty, my recommendation is to use that just to get back to basics. I feel like a lot of the college prep movement have been moving towards more and more exams and more and more tests, um, doing you know, APA and CLEP tests early on. And I really am a, a proponent of, of streamlining things. And so I feel like getting back to, okay, let's, you know, if we're going to do an entrance exam, do one, pick one, stick with that one, do it two or three times. And don't worry about all the, you know, having to get all these other tools in because the, the market is shifting and we're seeing a lot of that. At the same time, there also have been a lot of doors that have opened for students who struggle with traditional test taking. Before COVID hit, there are about 400 colleges and universities that had what we refer to as test optional routes, basically admissions routes that did not require an ACT or an SAT. At the height, you know, for uh, the fall of 2021, end of 2020, beginning of 2021, we were seeing like up to upwards of 1,500 uh, colleges that had test optional routes. And so the, the number of options that are going to be available for students who struggle taking a traditional ACT or SAT has grown exponentially. And I think that's a good thing. And I think that is on some level was already the trend. It's just expediting the trend you know, we already were seeing a growing, a, a slowly growing number of colleges who are going that route. 
and then that just shot through the roof in 2020. And so I expect that that will taper back a little bit, that there will be some colleges who have a policy that's for a year or two. But most colleges are doing pretty long-term commitments to being test optional right now. You know, I'm here in Tennessee and uh, the UT system just came out and said that they will be uh, for sure test optional through 2025 already is their commitment. And so uh, I think as a result of everything with COVID, there are more options for students who might in the past have said, hey, I can't get the score that I need. So I'm not going to look at college as a route. So that's been a good thing. It's opened more doors, but I feel like overall, the emphasis is getting streamlined and focusing on what's the, the core basics for admissions. And along with that, I feel like the emphasis is going to be even higher on having a strong career focus. You know, if you're coming into a college and you're not using an ACT or SAT in the admissions process, they're having to look at you a lot more holistically. And students that have a a clear vision for where they're wanting to head are going to have a lot more options available in terms of schools that want to recruit them as well as scholarship dollars. So I think the emphasis is going to be even more heavily on students who have a career focus. So for those who, so kind of walking into college university setting, having a focus having gone through some of those questions ahead of time will definitely benefit them, uh, especially if they opt to not take a test, uh, but even, even with the test, is that? Yes, for sure. There's, there's, there's always been more options, both in terms of admissions and in terms of scholarships for students who have a clearer vision for where they're headed career-wise, where it's not just, oh, I, I checked nursing because I, the deadline was last night. I had to put something down. Um, people who who can who can make a strong case that I've explored this career path on some level uh, have always had a leg up, but now even more so for the colleges who are evaluating holistically, they're going to be able to take a look at that and say, "Hey, these are the students that we really want." Oh, that makes sense. Talking about like college tuition, trying to get scholarships, things of that nature. Um, you know, college tuition continuing to to increase. What can students do to find scholarships and when should they kind of start looking? So some people, I mean, there are ways that you can start the scholarships process early on. And by early, I'm really mean like about the earliest is is probably summer after your junior year is really about the the earliest that most students are are realistically uh, going to have options available to them. Most scholarship searches happen your senior year. And that there's a there's a window leading up to October and then another window leading up through March of your senior year. And then there's more scholarships that are available through the summer. And then what most people don't realize is there are scholarship options that are for current college students. So there's scholarships just for college freshmen or just for college sophomores or juniors or seniors. So the earliest would probably be the junior year. But in my experience, one of the one of the best routes is uh, to focus on exploring career paths. There really are only a handful of sources of scholarships. Uh, you know, if I'm looking at, you know, where where can scholarships come from? You know, sometimes uh, I live in Tennessee. Here in this state, we've got statewide the Hope Grant, and so sometimes there's a statewide grant or scholarship that's available. So some some states have options. Outside of that, you basically have university wide scholarships that are open to all incoming freshmen. There's private scholarships that you can locate online. And then there's scholarship funds that for some colleges are uh, directed directly through an individual department. So if I'm coming in as a 
economics major, the economics school will have scholarships to help them recruit top students. And that's probably the most overlooked source of scholarships. You know, most people, you know, have heard about these big online uh, scholarship search engines, and that's great. There's lots of dollars out there, but you're going up against a lot of students. Whereas if I'm coming into a college and I'm only going up against students who are in my major, who are applying to that school that year, who took the time to actually explore, you know, economics scholarships, you're going to have the, the narrowest pool of competition and thus the, the best chances for those scholarship dollars. And so that's where, you know, that's one of the ways that I was able to earn the scholarships that I, that I received uh, was be, because I, I had a clear vision for what I wanted to do career path-wise. I'm going a different route now, you know, not doing that, but by having a clear vision, I, I had more dollars that are available to me. And so that really is one of the best ways to open up those, those scholarship opportunities is by having a real clear vision on your career direction. Now, and that's very helpful too, just as trying to, you know, you know, for families, uh, you know, like us, we're, you know, not only do we want to equip our, our children spiritually, you know, with biblical worldview, but we're also, you know, the, at the end of the day, the goal is that they be adults and they, they, you know, move out and get a job and, you know, do all of those adult things. Yeah, this is really, you know, very helpful. Now, slight transition in terms of, let's say somebody comes to you, they go through various information, they, they do the testing, they're uh, evaluating, they're like, you know what, college isn't for me, right? Sure. So that's not the path I'm going to go, which is totally cool. Do you have ways to then connect them to different trade associations, different suggestions? Is that some information you could provide to, to students you're working with? Sure. So yes, I've had multiple students that I've worked with over the years where when we get right down to it, we say, you know, hey, this, you know, college isn't for everybody. And there's a, um, for some, there's actually a little bit of sort of deprogramming that sort of has to happen um, because they've heard it from school. They've heard it from their peers. They've heard it from, in some cases, parents of, you know, this is the route that we're on it. And so sometimes, you know, part of the, the first part is, is getting students to embrace that that is a, a viable option. So there's an education process that has to happen with that. But, you know, it's, it's not hard for you to find pretty successful tradespeople um, right now. You know, the job demand is huge. You know, I you know, had an electrician who came into my house a couple of weeks ago and he said, hey, if you ever know of anybody, I'm always looking for assistance. And he said, I've got more work than I can possibly keep up with. And I just, I, you know, I need more help. And I've worked with multiple students who have apprenticed and it's not always exclusive either. You know, I, I had one uh, student I worked with a few years ago who wanted to keep some options open for jobs that might require a college degree, but was pretty sure that he wanted to be an electrician. And so uh, he started apprenticing uh, his junior year of high school. And we did, per, you know, did personality testing and then started apprenticing. But then he utilized the test he promised to jump straight into getting an associate's degree. And he got an associate's degree in business uh, here in Tennessee completely free while also working on uh, his certification as a um, master electrician. And, you know, by the time he was 20, he had both. He had his associate's degree and and was, uh, you know, fully certified as an electrician. You know, a lot of this, again, goes back to career exploration. I feel like career, career exploration gets even more important for students who are going trade routes, because unlike a traditional college year where you sort of have 
a couple of flex years where you're getting your general studies out of the way and you can sort of change your mind around a little bit and it's not going to it's not going to buck the type timeline all that much you know with with trades you can get that started you know in high school um get working towards a program but you want to make sure that you have a, a real clear goal on that so for the students i've worked with and we're going that route i definitely say like hey let's let's really solidify I go through a process I like to refer to as de-romanticizing jobs. Let's let's get really realistic about what this career field looks like. But then, yes, once they get through there, if, if they're like, yes, this is the route I want to go, then whether we're looking at a two-year trade school or whether we're looking at an apprenticeship program that can lead to a certification, I've, I've got connections uh, for both and I've, I've had students who've gone both routes before. That's very encouraging uh, to be able to to have those options, uh, to understand that you don't have to graduate high school and then go, oh, what do I do now? You know, it's like I I got to clear the first hurdle and now now I'm in the moat, so to speak, especially just hearing that, you know, it's possible to even do apprenticeships or things like that, junior of high school. That's that's really encouraging. I had no idea. So that's very helpful. One more uh, transition slightly back and just touch base on dual enrollment. So I've heard a lot about that. It seems to have grown in popularity in the last few years, not only popularity, but I think what is possible. Sure. So what, so if families are thinking about it or they've heard about it, they're like, I don't know if my, my child should do it. What should they consider, you know, as, as they're evaluating that? Absolutely. So you're absolutely right that dual enrollment has grown dramatically in terms of its accessibility. Um, there are a lot more colleges that offer dual enrollment programs. They've seen, for a college perspective, they've seen the value of utilizing dual enrollment as a marketing tool. And I think it's important for families to realize that it is used for that purpose, that it's not just, you know, this philanthropic, you know, hey, we're, we're offered dual enrollment because we want to help your child graduate, you know, expedite. It's also a way for you know them to win you over to their school while you're in high school. I think dual enrollment is a great option for certain routes. Um, and that's one thing that I'm really big on with all my consulting clients is helping to identify that every tool that you hear about out there is excellent for certain routes and might be the wrong tool um, for other routes. And dual enrollment is definitely the case for that. With dual enrollment, you're you're take, enrolling in a college while still in high school, and so there's there's several factors that come into play there. One, you have to first ask yourself: Is my child ready for college level work? And a lot of people don't even think about that. The average college course is twice the speed of the average high school course. You know, high school, you know, a year of high school biology is going to cover what biology 1010 is going to cover in one semester at college. You know, a, a year of high school Spanish is going to cover what one semester of college Spanish is going to cover. And so you you have to ask yourself, is my child ready to do academics at twice the pace? Plus, at the same time, recognizing that whatever grades they receive, those are final. Those are going in their transcripts. Wherever they end up, it will impact their GPA in majority of cases, there's some exceptions, but in the majority of instances, that GPA is going to stick with them. And so I've seen several times students who jump in before they're academically ready to hold, um, you know, courses. And so you absolutely want to, to have that in mind. But aside from that, you want to be looking at, okay, does my student have a vision 
for where they're going, both in terms of what colleges they're ultimately either going to end up at or what colleges are on the pool for schools that they're going to apply to, uh, what major are they pursuing, because that dictates whether or not dual enrollment makes sense. You know, there are some colleges, my brother went to, to Vanderbilt, and they do not accept dual enrollment, period, anywhere. And so if he had spent a lot, you know, they'll, they'll accept it to count towards high school credit, um, but not towards their college requirements. And so if a family has said like, hey, we're, we're signing up for a bunch of dual enrollment to help us expedite college, you've wasted that, you know, waste that time, in some cases, money, uh, you know, if that's your, your target goal. So ultimately, I, I say to families, if you're considering dual enrollment, beyond just the, okay, I'm going to take one course so that my student has exposure to what a college level class is. I think there's validity to that. But ex- beyond just one or two courses, there really are four questions that you need to answer, uh, ask before you embark on a lot of dual enrollment courses. And the first one is, do I have a, a list of colleges that I plan on applying to? And if I don't know what schools I'm going to apply to, it's probably too early to really heavily utilize dual enrollment. And then the next three questions you need to ask for every single college that's on the list. You need to ask, will you accept the credit from this college that I'm dual enrolling? That's question one. Question two, you want to ask, will the credit count towards your general studies requirements? There's lots of colleges who say, yes, we'll accept that credit. It's fully accredited, so you're all good. But hey, you took English 1100. We require English 1010. They've got different course descriptions, so we're going to give you an English elective. And you have to take freshman English twice. I've seen it happen over and over again. And then the third question is, can I get that in writing? Because I've also seen plenty of cases where an admissions officer will say, oh, yes, you're all good here. And then three years down the road, they've taken a bunch of dual enrollments and they say, oh, I'm sorry, you were misinformed. We don't accept that school's credit. And so unless you can really do all that legwork and you know which schools you're looking at, you can ask all three questions uh, for each of those schools, then it's probably uh, premature to be doing a lot of dual enrollment um, courses. So that's sort of my recommendation. Again, that sort of self-selects as to whether or not that tool makes sense for the stage that you're in or not. And that's really helpful because I had not thought about that in terms of really trying to qualify whether or not to pursue it uh, and what those steps are. And so those questions are really great in doing that evaluation. Yeah. So one more thing before we before we wrap up, I know you are a director of discipleship tutorial here in Murfreesboro. Uh, we've been we've been there last year, and so it's it's great. And so for those who are not familiar with it, would you share just a little bit about it and what kind of the methodology behind it? Sure. So it's a, a homeschool tutorial, which is popular in Tennessee and certain states. The way it works is you go one day a week and it's um, our tutorials all like heart where you can pick the individual classes that you want to take. And you've got a teacher who basically teaches the concepts for the whole week. And then you go home and do the homework for those classes, the other other four days of the week. And I was actually homeschooled myself, participated in a tutorial myself in high school and had one tutor in particular that, that really used it as uh, a discipling opportunity. And she integrated English and chemistry instruction with sort of a, a worldview training. And I had 
uh, from early on, uh, you know, be, coming from a family of teachers like I do, I thought like, you know, that to me that the idea of having a tutorial that was um, where that was intentional rather than just the choice of one tutor, where as a, as a whole, we're hiring tutors with the express intent of we want you to take your personal Christian worldview, intersect it with whatever subject you teach. And in the homeschool, you know, the homeschool legal system, uh, there's a lot of flexibility to home education. So those tutors have sort of an open slate of how to mesh a Christian worldview with uh, education in any subject. And so um, there's a there's a lot of opportunity for creativity in terms of how that's done. So a few years ago, I had a, a couple of homeschool parents approach me about uh, starting up a homeschool tutorial. And we, we um, uh, this is our, our fifth year now. And we basically sort of took the model that I saw one tutor um, taking in high school and tried to sort of expand that out where we've got prayer time, we have lunch tables that are designed to help students talk through uh, their faith. But each individual class, we're, we're challenging the tutors to, to really make the connection between a biblical worldview and each individual subject area. And so it's been exciting to see what God's done with that. It's grown a lot faster uh, than we ever anticipated. Last year was interesting with COVID and that, all the little nuances that that brought. So I'm hoping for uh, things to settle down a little bit next year. Uh, but it's been a, a great, just a, an honor to be able to sort of watch God at work through the students there and uh, sort of excited to see what he does with that long term. Oh, that's cool. Now you mentioned, you did mention worldview and how important, I know I'm adding one more question. I apologize. How important is worldview when we think about education in terms of, in terms of being taught, in terms of interaction with teachers and just curious what, what you think? I feel like worldview is the, the foundation of education, like it or not. Every tutor brings their own worldview into the classroom in any, you know, any situation. And so, um, you know, many times we don't recognize that when we're talking, when we are communicating in any circumstance, you know, we are, we are being impacted by the worldview that, that is shaping the, the questions that we're asking and the way that we're approaching that individual subject. And so to, to recognize that, I think, is crucial um, in education, especially primary and secondary education, where we, we've got young students you have to ask, okay, what's the, what's the worldview behind what they're being taught? You know, history is not, it's not sterile. It's not isolated. Uh, it's, you know, every single subject is impacted by other subjects and your, your worldview is going to come into play as to how you, how you pitch to some degree, education is a sales pitch. It's, you know, I'm wanting to, to, to win students over to, to the beauty of math or history or English or science. And the Christian worldview is, is where the, the fundamental questions that are underlying my approach to that subject. And so I feel like it is of essence that, that we integrate intentional Christian worldview training with education itself to where um, students don't see religion 
and education as being these two different spheres, but instead as being one and the same that, you know, I see, you know, my God everywhere around me, everywhere I go in every subject, in every sphere, he's, um, you know, you know, he's, you know, the God of order. And I see that in the field of math. He's the God who created the world. And I see that in the, the fields of science. Um, you know, he's a God who communicates. He's the word. And I see that in, um, in English and in, you know, languages. And so I do feel like it is crucial for uh, the development of students' faith, for them to see that integrated to where it's not this you know, okay, I went to Sunday school and then I go about my day, the rest of the six other days, of the week, sort of not, you know, you know, isolated from that worldview. It's all one and the same. And I feel like that's, that's important to recognize. Yeah, that makes sense. I appreciate, I appreciated you just sharing about that. And so as we wrap up here, if our listeners want to know more about you, about University Ready, uh, about any of your materials about DT, where would you want them to go? Absolutely. So University Ready, you can go to universityready.com. Um, I have resources on there for the individual challenges. I've got study skills courses, study, um, career prep challenges, my ACT and SAT prep courses, and also private one-on-one consulting. And I have an option at the, a bar at the top of the website where they can schedule a free consultation with me. You can schedule a free 30-minute meeting with me just to talk about your situation and sort of what the the next logical step is for your family. Uh, If you're homeschooling and you're in the middle Tennessee area and you want to learn more about discipleship tutorial, then you can go to discipleshiptutorial.com and we have an information page and a a page where you can uh, register and learn more about the, the classes that we offer. Excellent. Well, I will make sure all of that information is in the show notes so if you're listening, you can check out uh, the website, check out the information, reach out to Matthew uh, about further information. Matthew, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been, man, this has just been really helpful for me. I know it will be for my audience and uh, just really appreciate your time. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. Great conversation with Matthew. Now, one of the things we, all, we always need to remember before I sort of sum up the episode is for families, we are not simply responsible for the uh, spiritual formation of our children, right? We are also responsible to help them take that next step in life. As we help them spiritually, we also need to, to come alongside them so that they can you know, take that step into adulthood, and so that's why I really like the information he shared. You know, one of the things he talked about, you know, college isn't for everybody. And that's, that's a perfectly true statement. And you can't do justice to a student with a future path if you only look at college. And so I liked how he talked about the career-centered approach uh, to help students find a path that makes the most sense for them and then kind of backtrack to figure out how to get there. So many things, you know, for the ACT, the SAT, dual enrollment, uh, the four questions to ask on dual enrollment was huge. I was really encouraged, too, uh, just about the, the trade options out there, whether it is trade school, whether it is apprenticeships, uh, just a lot of opportunities available. Third thing is just in education, worldview uh, is foundational. It's the foundation of, every, of education. Every teacher 
and tutor brings their worldview into their teaching, and the students are impacted by a teacher's worldview. So we can't discount that when looking at the education of our children. So wonderful conversation with Matthew. Uh, You can find his website, universityready.com. Good stuff. If you found this episode helpful, please leave a review for us wherever you listen to podcasts. Doing so will help others to find us. Uh, Check out the show notes for resource information. We encourage you to do that for links and other references. We'd like to hear from you so you can message us your questions or comments on Facebook, Instagram, and Entrusting the Faith. You can email us at info at entrustingthefaith.com. If you go to our website, which is www.entrustingthefaith.com, you can sign up to our email list and receive free resources as well as upcoming podcast episode information. So check it out. Lastly, just remember, legacies are built a day at a time. So start now.